I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, it's your host at Steedy NFL on Twitter, and of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And as usual, me old buddy, me old pal at Ryan Peacock NFL is here with me, Mr. Ryan Peacock, to analyse that game that's literally just ended. Mr. Peacock, how's it going? Uh, good, good, good. The only thing I, I mean, I'm going to start now with it's a W, and we move on to next week. There's things to work on. We got to get a fair few things better, but there were plenty of positives in there as well. I think the Jags came out and played probably far, far better than probably we expected them to. And maybe we didn't give them enough respect. Uh, certainly, I don't think I expected so I certainly didn't give them that respect. Maybe we did that as a team. Um, but certainly one of the biggest, biggest um, positives would be the fact that we did pretty much shut down their rushing game, which, OK, Ivory didn't end up playing, but everyone was talking about TJ Yeldon before the game. Uh, and we held him to 39 yards. Yeah. So... Um, you know, there are positives in there. Obviously, some of the negatives, which we'll go on to talk about, our secondary, our secondary's inability to stop the long pass. And, you know, at times I think we even for, almost forgot to match up on any of their receivers. It, it seemed too easy. Yeah, straight straight to it, anyway, yeah, I suppose. From the start, they did run on us a bit. But as you say, I mean, we completely shut down their run game. If you look at the stats here, like Ivory being out was brilliant. We put out on Twitter that, you know, his mystery illness was solved. He was actually suffering from a severe case of fear. So we got to uh, Chris Ivory. So that was great. So Yeldon, yeah, he came out with 1.9 yards uh, per rush. So, I mean, you know, we did pretty well. He did sneak in for the touchdown, of course. But like you said, Ryan, I mean, he was tipped to be, you know, the biggest one that we had to stop. And we did a good job of them. Now, what we sacrificed by stacking the box was just massive plays, as they call them, on the Allen brothers. So Allen Hearns and Allen Robinson. They just smoked us each and every time. And I don't know about you, Ryan, what really, really frustrated me was the secondary. Now, again, like, I know we're not here to wax the article about the negative. It's it's a win. We're going to talk about positives and negatives. But certainly one of the negatives to me, and certainly a trend that we're seeing across the NFL now, uh, based on some stats, is that if you go for it on fourth down, there's actually a really high likelihood that you would get that fourth down and you'd change the face of the entire game. And isn't that something that the Jags did unbelievably well against us in this game? Yeah, and I think our inability to get off the field at times did start to hurt us. And of course, in that uh, the heat that was there, the whole time that your big guys are on the field, um, that's going to start to take more of an effect on those players. Uh, it, it was frustrating at times, third and fourth downs, where we couldn't, we couldn't finish it off. Um, you know, I think I think there was a point where there was several plays in a row where they were on fourth down, especially towards the end. And they and, and I know at that point it sort of becomes desperation where they have to make it. But yeah, it would definitely seem that um, I think you're going to see more and more teams going for it on fourth down this year, probably just based on what we saw the Jags do in this game. Yeah, because I've been listening to an awful lot of podcasts on the lead up because you know yourself, I mean, it's all of this stuff. People analyze it to death. And one of them was is that all these analytics were put in behind the scenes to say that if you go for it on fourth down, that you're more than likely going to come out with the win. And, you know, we were criticised with that last year um, when we could have went for it with the cards, you know, with the second con- the second point conversion. To go for it in high-risk situations like fourth down, like two-point conversions, we should be going for it in those two situations. And we failed to do it last year against the cards, maybe coming away with the win. Um, and that's something that the Jags did this year. But one positive thing that I'll take from this game, and I know there's a lot of positives, including insane throws by Aaron Rodgers, just on the screen here in front of me, insanity, and we talk about that, is no one's talking about Lane Taylor. 
I mean, the big story of the whole offseason, apart from the punter, um, which I know that you have a, a few stats on, uh, Mr. Shum, is that Lane Taylor hasn't been mentioned. And I think that's so positive. He was up against Malik Jackson. And the only time that we ever heard Malik Jackson being mentioned was when he took a pot shot at Randall Cobb on the sideline. When Randall Cobb put his hand up into the face mask of the defender, got penalised for that. But then that got written off because Malik Jackson came in and decided to take a pot shot. I mean, were you impressed by Lane Taylor today? Do you think that's all a non-story or is he yet to be tested? Well, no, I think there was a huge test today against Malik Jackson, and, and you're absolutely right. If if you're an offensive lineman and nobody's mentioning your name on commentary, more than likely it's because you're doing a good job. Um, they have one of them unfortunate positions where people only tend to notice them when you know they get something wrong and, and somebody plows through and smashes your quarterback. So it's it was I thought it was very impressive that we didn't hear about him I think the only time I heard his name called out was in the build up to it when they were still talking about the sitting and, and Lane Taylor thing so yeah really really good really positive um, another positive I would say on top of that is uh, we got no no injuries um, yeah. out of today's game now I know obviously we saw Randall Cobb go down uh, with, with a bit of a limp and I think he banged up his knee a bit but generally it looks like uh, he obviously came back on and continued playing, so he's okay. And, and as far as we're aware, there's there's no injuries to anybody on the team, which is a massive positive. Yeah, which is something that the Packers haven't been good at doing. is coming out of games without getting at least one person injured. Now, when Randall Cobb went down and he was kind of limping off, people were saying it was his knee. Some people saying it was his ankle. Um, you know, I did worry, but then I remembered, hold on a second, we were seven deep, a wide receiver, we'll be okay, hopefully it's just a bit of a stinger, or whatever's wrong with him, you know, and that he'll come back on, and he did come back on, and he made an impact, I was very impressed by Randall Cobb today, so he ended up with six receptions for 57 yards, that's a 9.5 yards per catch average, which is just incredible to say that last season he was criticised for not doing the business, whereas this season uh from this first game alone i mean he's already shown the form that he can show with nelson stretching the field nelson again caught a good few passes on one of the drives you know a bit of older over the shoulder action um and of course got that insane touchdown impressed by him today ron yeah i thought he looked good i think i thought early in the game i didn't i thought all the receivers felt a little bit like they weren't quite up to speed and weren't quite on the same page as rogers and I think one of the commentators said it on the game. It does make sense. Rogers played very, very few snaps in in preseason. Yeah. Now I know people are going to say, "Oh, yeah," but they're in training. They're always working together. So on. You you cannot, for me, you cannot replicate that real game time action and speed. So I think to an to an extent, bearing in mind as well, Jordy Nelson didn't really play any of preseason. Um, and again, the other guys were sort of limited. The Randall Cobb and so on. So I wasn't surprised that it took a while to get going. Um, but I think certainly when it got going, it was good. And somebody I was I was really impressed with, Richard Rogers, does not want to give yeah. up his starting spot, does he? That catch, that catch was fantastic, you know. And and that was that was one that sort of made you jump off the sofa. Um, but yeah, Jared Cook only held to one reception uh, for seven yards. So it would have been nice to see a bit more out of him. Obviously, I think there was the there, he would have had a long pass down the middle had he not. Uh, I'm pretty sure there was a defensive pass interference. I can't remember the defensive player. Yeah. So he probably would have had a big reception on that. But definitely, I think uh, the Packers need to find a way to to make more of the two weapons they got in Cook and Rogers. Yeah, and it's good that they're making teams respect the tight end position now because for so long they haven't since Jermichael Finley went down. 
and out. I mean, we haven't really got a good tight end threat that people, you know, would would pay attention to. We had Andrew Corliss in there, which for a while he looked dangerous, but then that all fell by the wayside. Uh, so yeah, it's a very positive play. Like you said, uh, Cooks, I expected Cook to have a bigger impact in this game. I expected them to use him more around the red zone. And, you know, the biggest impact, as you said, was that massive uh, defensive penalty that he drew, uh, which moved the Packers up out of their end zone. Um, and again, another player that I was sort of cursing and then very impressed by was Devontae Adams. So he had three receptions for 50 yards, which is a 16.7 uh, yards per catch average which is excellent in that touchdown which just seemed impossible i mean ryan does aaron Rodgers not work with normal physics it just wasn't normal how can he fall away and so uh, it was brilliant i saw somebody's tweet with the defender sort of you know dragging at him from the back they said how dare you pull on superman's cape you know because that's what it was that we're pulling them the same as the cards game where he just lofted it up and janice came down with it Devonte adams with an equally impossible catch so the jury's still out on Devontae Adams, isn't it? Because, I mean, he dropped that one that hit him right square in the hands. He fumbled it and people were cursing him at the start of the game. But then he pulls in that touchdown. I mean, you know, he hasn't given us a definitive sign in this game yet, has he? That he's got rid of the dropsies that he had and he's about to make that step up and become, you know, a reliable receiver that Aaron Rodgers can trust. Yeah, well, let's start Let's start with that touchdown first. Like you said, Aaron Rodgers was unbelievable, but you look at Devontae Adams' catch as well. The defender was draped all over him, and like you said, his previous attempt at a catch hit him straight in the hands and he dropped it. And then that's the play he goes and makes. I think tonight there was far more positives with Devontae Adams than there was negatives, really. And I know that probably based on his last season, people will look at that catch and go, oh, here we go again. But actually, do you know what? I think there was enough good... Um, I'm quite, I was quite, I was quite happy for him really to get a few tech catches and to get that touchdown because I think that will do him the world of good in terms of his confidence. Yeah, and I mean, if we just do that, then so what, we'll sort of sandwich it here a little bit. So we've talked about some good stuff, some bad stuff, and some stuff that kind of upset me. And what brought us to this heart attack pack thing again was really the secondary. I don't think they were good enough tonight. Um, I know Quinton Rollins was picked on a bit. There, there was a bit of a mismatch there. I think Ryan wasn't there between the height differential and the Jaguars are a good team Blake Bortles is a really good quarterback I mean if we look at the the quarterback stats here Aaron Rodgers uh, 20 completions out of 34 attempts Blake Bortles 24 completions out of 39 attempts very very similar Aaron Rodgers 2 touchdowns 199 yards Blake Bortles 320 yards with only one touchdown and of course he had that interception but I mean you know that's 121 yards extra than Aaron Rodgers now you can say that's because he had to because the run game was getting stuffed uh, which is true and you, you can't fault Aaron Rodgers I think he put in a great shift today uh, but yeah one thing that I would definitely question is is that we cannot be getting burned by the likes of Alan Robinson and Alan Hearns because we're going to face some wide receivers you know later in the schedule that if we're going to give up those big plays because did it seem like to you Ryan that what, what Bortles was doing was he was falling back he knew he only had the one option to go to and he was just hitting that rainbow pass over the top and we were getting burned in coverage yeah thing is though yeah, yeah okay maybe his run game wasn't working but if he if you keep hitting something, it keeps coming off time and time and time again, then you can't blame him for keep doing it. So it was it was quite a surprise to see him get 320 yards. And I think anybody that picked up uh, the Packers' defense in any of our fantasy leagues is, mm-hmm. I don't know what they would have scored, but it's not, it's not going to be good on 320 yards. Although there were obviously a couple of takeaways and stuff. But yeah, uh, it was, I, felt, I thought probably the biggest surprise was how often... Hearns, Robinson, and even Julius Thomas managed to get into some get into what seemed like open space. 
and it quite often seemed like there was always two defenders near him uh, with nobody really knowing who was meant to be on that player. Yeah. So I think there's definitely something to work work on, um, but that's that's what the that's what that time is between between Sundays. That's what it's there for. Look at the game, analyze it, and work on it. And I think you'll probably see a, a big improvement next week in the secondary because there's good players in there, you know. And there was good moments tonight. Ha ha, Clinton Dix, Morgan Bedette looked good. Yeah, Sam um, Shields. I thought as well Sam Shields. Solid, yeah. yeah, thought Sam Shields had a really good game. So it was. At times, I don't think it's necessarily the players. Maybe we just didn't get some of the calls right on defence. Yeah, definitely. As you said, I mean, with them getting the open space, there was an awful lot of anti-Dom Caper sentiment on the timeline. I think people need to relax, you know. As you said, I mean, some people didn't get the playing time in pre-season. And, like, that is relevant. I mean, you know, when you don't play in pre-season, of course, you don't want to get injured, but you haven't actually had playing time. You know, and if people think that, as you said, practice is any indication, I mean, we've all done exams. We've all sat at home and, and tried to jot down uh, the exams. We've put ourselves into the exam situation sometimes, sitting in a quieter room, you know, timed. But it never matches up to when you sit in that exam hall and you've got to do it. And that's the same with this play, you know. You can do it in practice. It doesn't always come off. Um, but yeah, something to work on. But again, they call these sort of things coaching opportunities. So I think that hopefully you'll get the coverage locked down uh, for next week because the one positive that I'll take, well, there's loads of positives, but definitely one of those positives, Ryan, is that stuff on the run because we're coming into a game now with the Minnesota Vikings. They're going to be at home in a stadium that's insanely noisy and the one crutch that they're going to go to each and every time is going to be Adrian Peterson. So, you know, they've got a quarterback in now, depending on whether they want to play Bradford or still go with Hill. You know, we have to look ahead to that and think that if our run stuff and ability, if we hold their top running back to 1.9 yards, uh, you know, per rush. I mean, it's, we're going to hopefully do equally as well against Adrian Peterson, who looked very rusty in that Minnesota game, but again, they came away with the win. So do you think we've got much to worry about going into the next game with that sort of reliance on the run? Yeah, I think you've always got, got to worry going into a game against the Vikings. I think they're a very good team at the minute, and Peterson has been a very good back for a long, long time. That being said, tonight he had 19 carries for 31 yards, no touchdowns. Um, you know, and even Sean Hill managed to throw 236 yards. So yeah. maybe that was just the way they went tonight because I think they did get behind in the early stages and maybe then they just had to go to the sky. So, um, yeah, Peterson's still Peterson. He's still probably the, you know, the best running back in the game at the moment. Um, but it is very encouraging to see the way that we, we shut down uh, one of the guys that's meant to be one of the brightest up-and-coming talents in the running game. So a lot of confidence there for next week, I think. Um, that tied in with the fact that whether Sean Hill's there or Sam Bradford's there, uh, I, th I think you'll pro we'll probably have an easier time of it next week than we had this week. Yeah, and something that really sort of you know stood out to me was how brilliant Clay Matthews was when they put him on the outside again. It's so good to see him there and just cause an absolute mayhem. And I mean, we got some tidy sacks, even you know with the safety blitz. Morgan Burnett got himself a nice sack again. It was kind of Blake Bortles throwing himself on the ground when he saw Burnett coming up to him. But you know, Morgan Burnett got the sack. Clay Matthews got a sack. Nick Perry got a sack. You know, so it's we're, we're talking sacks from different defenders here, which is always a positive thing. We're not relying too heavily on one guy to make all of those plays you know like the text and say with the likes of JJ Watt so again up front defensively Ryan we look vicious again yeah I thought we looked good up front and I think the reason for that was the 
the linebackers had a, had, had a fantastic game tonight and I was really impressed by the linebackers. And I think that coupled in with those guys in the, in the, in the front line um, meant that we were constantly in the face of the running back. We were constantly in the face of the quarterback. Um, I mean, in early doors in that game, we got up in the face of Bortles and he, th- and he threw, ended up throwing that interception. So for me, it was, it was really encouraging. I think the defence, it's, it's 80% there from what I can see tonight. Yeah. And we've literally just got to get that extra bit back in the week. Um, like I say, I don't think, I don't think the secondary are. I don't think we've got bad guys in there. I think just at times we maybe got it just a little bit wrong. Um, but certainly linebackers, defensive line. I thought that they had a good game tonight, and I thought it looked good. And uh, the secondary again. I think they will iron it out because I think we were eighth in the NFL uh, last year in the secondary. You know, we were someone to be feared. But Blake Bortles, we all know he likes to throw it up. Sometimes it works and pays off you, sometimes it doesn't. And it was a home game. And one thing that kind of stood out to me too was the amount of penalties, you know, because we were very aggressive on defense at the start, but giving up some of those penalties, you know, pushed them down the field. And I think we could have stopped them an awful lot sooner than we did. And again, we have to talk about, and this is something with the noise level, and this is definitely something that we're going to face when we go to Minnesota, is the fact that, you know, we had to call that timeout because the ball wasn't snapped back. And then we went on again and tried to call a second timeout in a row and it ended up in a delay of game. That was shocking. Yeah, I think that was just a complete, uh, well, what do we call that? A brain fart by Aaron Rodgers. Because, yeah, that was just a bit of a mess. Even even when we had to rush into calling the first timeout, uh, everybody was sort of looking around, didn't really know what they wanted to be doing. But then to come back out on the field when you've just had all that time to talk about that next play, and that is all you talk about during that timeout to come back on the field and then still not be in a position to make the play and and then try and obviously call another timeout, which is which is not allowed. So, strange bit, but again, I will add, Rogers as many years as he's played, hasn't had many snaps during pre-season. And it's very, very different to go from the pre-season game, um, where you've had a few snaps, and just in training, to then going into playing a regular season game against a really good team. And something else as well that we need to sort of, you know, we needed to keep an eye on. And I don't know why, was it the sun in the eyes sort of stuff is, is that we really got pinned back by these punts, didn't we? I mean, there was times there where we were just backed up to our end zone. And I was thinking, Jesus, here we go again. And again, they always rip off the run play first. And I'm like, don't don't get stuffed or don't break down. And I was, my eyes were like a hawk. I was looking at Lane Taylor going, don't mess up whatever you do. Don't mess up here. Because we've seen a few times last season where, you know, Bakhtiari allowed some pressure and then we gave up a safety and all this type of gear. So I was hoping that Lane Taylor held his own. And I was very impressed by him and he did. Um, and Jeffrey Schumer, own punter, I mean, didn't do too bad, Ryan, did he? No, he didn't. Um, it... He, he, he got all his kicks off well. Uh, he seemed to strike the ball pretty well. I mean, it was good conditions today, wasn't it? If, if you're a kicker or a punter, yeah. I'm guessing that's what you want conditions. Um, he averaged 42.5 yards. He had the long, uh, longest of 56 on four attempts. So, to be fair, in terms of his average, much the same as the two guys we let go. But there was the, the long of 56. Um, it did look good. I think, uh, you know, obviously he's a solid guy. He must have been a cheaper option to Maste, maybe. Uh, um, maybe just had a bit more experience than Mortel. Maybe that's why we made that move. But we're going to have to see what he's like when he's outside Lambeau Field and it's, it's freezing cold and he, he's kicking a block of ice down the field. Yeah, and I mean, his placeholding as well, I think, is, was, you know, there was, <laughs> there's nothing really to talk about there, but, you know, no muffed kicks. 
it's always a positive held it well and again Mason Crosby as reliable as ever he's two for two uh, you know the three extra points so definitely someone that we can depend on um, but yeah I think uh, there was a lot to build on I think with the secondary but again defensive line good defensive line was excellent sometimes didn't it seem like Aaron Rodgers had about 10 years to throw and again he's up to his usual tricks isn't he even when he is pressured and the line breaks down um, you know he's just able to evade those sacks and you know, he's just incredible and again I hate that old cliche oh with number 12 you always have a chance but it just shows you do and the difference that I saw in this game to last season was is that when that did all break down and he was looking for an option he didn't have to throw it up into double coverage he didn't have to try hammer it off you know out of the out of the back of the end zone or any of this type of lark he was able to try at least pick somebody out which was Devontae Adams at that crazy fall and throw and even Randall Cobb I mean they used him in the backfield a lot you know which was sort of um to say that they have Lacey there, Starks there, and the running game really got going, to see Randall sort of being used as kind of a utility player is, is incredible. He, he seems back to his old self, I think. Yeah. I, do you know, the only thing I worried about with Lacey, and he did look good, he looked far sharper, and he was cutting well and all the rest of it, but did you really think he looked like he'd lost any weight? No. Because to yeah. me, he still looks like a big back, and I think we're just going to have to get over that issue. You know, if it's all where he is in his frame of mind, I think, and... You know, if he can come out like he's done today, he 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 looked okay today. If he can get that confidence there and he can start running, he can start knocking back defenders. Will be okay. But I um, know, I don't know. I don't. I don't have the 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 way in stats in front of me. Uh, but to me, he still looks like a big back. <laughs> Yeah, he is, yeah. Do you know what? I think it's mostly about his attitude because when the P90X guy came out and was talking about him working with Lacey, you know, the things he was coming out with was, oh, you know, he didn't really know how to eat. He didn't know how to look after his nutrition. He didn't know that eating, you know, fried food was bad for you, um, which was a bit shocking, really, if he's gone through being an elite athlete this whole time. And you think that the strength and conditioning guys and nutrition guys within the Packers would have set him straight so I don't you know I don't know how much you can look into that but as you say I mean he'll always be a bigger back and I think that's where he gets you know that's how he's able to run over people is because he is that big guy that you can't tackle we saw last well at the start of last season and certainly the season before that with Eddie is that it takes like about nine lads to to pull him down and that's what you get from a big back you know if you have a little small dude that's not going to happen and even there was a play there tonight where it looked like he'd been properly stuffed but he just kept the legs moving he you know he's a good protector of the ball too and fell over for like four or five yards and that's what you expect but a guy like that who's hard to take down he's always going to get you at least his body length um he's you know he doesn't really get really stuffed behind too much um and again i don't think he sacrifices any yardage for that type of big body type i think that he just uses it to his advantage so it's more of a mental thing when i might think that he, with him showing the commitment and with him showing the commitment to his diet even if it keeps him at the same weight as opposed to getting really big which we have seen him before in preseason, I think you know he's going to be very exciting to watch I think some of the things that we saw today was kind of an omission of some players so we didn't get to see Presley today um, and I was kind of excited to see him to see could he do the business um, so we didn't get to see him and any other really wide receivers we did see Aberderis for a nice catch too um, showing that the Packers certainly aren't you know missing any weapons there we still have some tricks in the bag yeah, there was there was a lot of nice bits, and there's definitely more players I would like to see a bit more of. Um, I really hope Aberderis gets his shot and, and gets to get on there because I think generally he makes catches, he makes plays. Was really happy to see all three middle linebackers play, and I thought play really well, which was another positive for me. You know, Jake Ryan, Blake Martinez, who had all the calls in the helmet, he's that's a big step to take as a rookie. 
um, and Joe Thomas coming in who had some nice plays as well. So there was just there was just a a, a real lot of pol- positives in there. Um, and I know people are going to say it's the Jags, but this is a very different Jags team to to what they've had in the last few years. And actually, I think you'll see this Jags team probably get quite a few wins this year, and actually be a little more relevant from what we saw tonight. And and again, it's just the first game of the season. There's probably a bit of rust there. I think sometimes when you have a game like this, you've just got to take the W, uh, get on the bus, and get out of town. Yeah, W is a W. I mean, you're not going to look back on this and sort of remember how tight this game was if you go to full distance. And again, it's the first game. Everybody's a bit rusty. And exactly like you said, you have to give the Jags some respect here. They're a fantastic team. They've added amazing talent, like we did in a preview podcast. I mean, they've added talent on all sides of the ball. Now, Chris Ivory didn't get to play, but I don't think it would have mattered anyway because we're so uh, proficient at stuff on the run. But I mean, they've got some big receivers. Again, I mean, both their receivers were over a 1,000 yards last year. So again, these are guys that you have to take seriously. And of course, Blake Bortles has worked this offseason on taking care of the ball more and I mean I was very impressed by him Ryan uh, so I think you know a good team a team that's expected to win their division and we we you know I don't think they're an underdog team and as we said people did pick these to win so all in all what grade now would you give the Packers in that game what grade yeah Ooh, okay um I'm only gonna go at a school I think a, I don't know if to go a B minus will go because at the end of the day they got the win there was a lot in there that was good. I don't feel that. I don't feel that the receivers now, Rogers, are quite on the same page yet. And I feel for the most part, the defense was very good. There's just an issue in the secondary. So I'm going to go. I didn't want to label it a C plus. So we'll go a B minus. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll go a B minus as well. I mean, we got the win. Defensive line was great. Clay outside was excellent. The secondary, I mean, wasn't great, but they still come up with some plays. Clinton Dix, Sam Shields. There was some really good stuff there. Lane Taylor, I thought, was brilliant. The offensive line in general was amazing. Um, and we did we did see that the gaps that were being opened were between Treader and Lang. So it's kind of moved from Treader and Sitton uh, to what it would have been. You know, and they didn't give Taylor that sort of responsibility. They moved that to Lang. I was very impressed by that. And again, to see Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson, as you say, not firing on all cylinders, but certainly looks like that once they start gelling over the next few games, hopefully we'll build up a bit of momentum and do it. So yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. Uh, B minus, I wouldn't go a C plus. We can't have a C, can we? We won. No. Well, I think that brings us to the end of this post-game podcast. And again, if you're listening over here in the UK and Ireland, the Europe in general, I mean, this will be hitting you uh, probably at just at the end of the day. And if you're listening in the States, you're after getting your post-game match analysis, game analysis from the two boys here at Ryan Peacock NFL and at DDD NFL. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. You're getting it the same day. So not too shabby. Now, again, the podcast, if you're new to the podcast, we release these so you'll get them every Monday, every kind of sneaky Sunday then if you're in the States because you get them a little bit earlier. And again, we release them every Friday. There's some fun stuff in there. We've got some history podcasts where we go from the foundation of the Packers and we got up into the very lean 50s. Uh, into the 60s saw the Vince Lombardi era and that's kind of you know where we'd like to park it but we you know we went on and discussed some of the later years which were a bit grizz so if you want to become an expert Ryan I mean our podcast surely are the best place to go yep definitely and that links quite nicely into our next event that's coming up on the bye week which is week four um, if you're over in the UK it's the first weekend for the UK uh, for the sorry for the international series games we're going to be doing some competitions that night and those competitions are going to be based around some of our some of the Green Bay Packers history so your best way of uh, making sure you turn up prepped and in the best position to win is to 
is to listen to those podcasts and do do your research. So um, we had it confirmed, didn't we, earlier in the week, Steve, that yep. that we can now tell everybody that it was, or it's it's going to be the official Green Bay Packers film crew that are going to come over and do a documentary on the group uh, and fans in the UK. And they're going to do it at that party on that weekend. So make sure you're there. Get down to London. It's a Saturday night, so there's no getting up for work Monday morning. It's a nice Saturday Saturday evening from 6 o'clock onwards. We're going to watch reruns of previous Super Bowls and we're going to do some competitions. Yeah, and more importantly, I mean, the event is free. You're probably going to be in London anyway for them for the International Series game. You get your face on telly. You get to meet some people from the Packers organisation. I mean, come on, it's going to be a great night. And there's going to be NFL specials as well that's going to be done in the Hippodrome, so you're going to get cheap drink. Uh, You know, it's going to be a blast, and there's some cool food there, and there's a big, massive burger challenge, isn't there, Ryan? What is that thing, about £15 worth of burger? Yeah, I can't remember how big they said it was exactly, but I know this, you have to ring up the day before, or email them the day before to give them notice that you want one of these burgers, because it's that big. Yeah, they have to back it in in a truck. You know, they have to. also get it free. You get it free if you finish it. Yeah. Which I think Ryan will probably have to go back for seconds in dessert. You get your you get your face up on the wall, but uh, definitely be there. Uh, myself and Ryan are going to be there. I'm flying over from Irlande to uh, attend, and Ryan is coming from the exotic area of Leighton Buzzard. Um, so again, we'll hope to see you there. But for now and this week, it's goodbye for us. Go pack, go.